Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999. I'm your host, Phil Iscove, and with us today is returning guest, Danielle Savory. Um, this is the three times. It's the three-timer. Yes. Yes. Um, uh, so, <laughs> Danielle, as you know, probably, hopefully, uh, if you're watching Station 19, um, she plays, oh my God, why am I forgetting your character's name? This is crazy. <gasps> I can't believe Captain Maya Bishop now. Maya, Jesus. I had the Bishop part. I was like, what the hell is her first? It's, you know what? Listen, it's been a bit. It's been a beat since I've been on the show. It's come out of my head. I apologize to all the fans out there. Uh, but of course, it's she's Captain. you're so used to Captain. Captain Bishop That's now. what it yeah. is. The, cap, the Captain part threw me off. Um, Captain <laughs> Maya Bishop now on Station 19, uh, which has been picked up for season four, correct? So it's, uh, yes, yes. it is, uh, it will be someday be returning to your TV screens when people can start shooting television again. Yes. Uh, which, you know, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. <laughs> um, but we're here to talk about Felicity um, and specifically episode 205, Crash. Um, so let's rewind a little bit. How did Felicity come into your life? Were you watching it live? Or did you watch it later on DVD? How did you, how did she come into your life? I did watch it live. I watched it with my sister. I was 13 at the time. She was 15. So that was just like her jam all in all. She was like, yes, I love this. And I think it didn't have as much of an impact on me when I was younger because I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel like I was like dating boys or anything yet at even 13. So for me, I kind of just watched it because my sister watched it and I love, I thought everyone was so pretty and I loved, I just liked hanging out with my sister. So 
that's the main thing it did for me when I first watched it. <laughs> and then I rewatched it. And um, as an adult, I think I'm in love. <laughs> like, this show is so, I'm like, oh my gosh, this show is so good. <laughs> it, it's also, I mean, it's perfect for right now, for sure. But um, yeah. it's, it's, it's a very sweet show. Like, it's a good natured show that, that yeah. believes that everyone is trying to be the best version of themselves to some degree or another, which is nice. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so you you rewatched a good chunk of it, right? You didn't watch the. Did you watch the whole thing, or did you just? Watch I didn't. The first? I yeah, yeah. I went through. I went up until season three, episode four, is as far as I got. I'm still <laughs> going to do the whole thing though because yeah. I need to go to the end. But that's as yeah. far as I've watched. Um, that's, because I mean, I'm that's obsessed. Impressive. That's you. You you ingested a lot of felicity in a short period of time. It's addicting. You like you keep figuring out who's she going to be with. She's going to be with Noel. She's going to be with Ben. She's going to be with Noel. She's going to be with Ben. Like. So you know, that, I had to. So, I had to that's a good question. Uh, are you Team Noel or are you Team Ben? Oh, I go back. It goes back and forth. It just pays tribute to the writing. Like one <laughs> second, I was like, at first, I was like, absolutely not. At the beginning, I was like, I'm all for Ben. Or no, sorry, all for Noel. Um, uh, Scott Foley. And on top of the fact that names both Scott, but um, I was all <laughs> for uh, Noel. And then it switched. I think when the Jennifer Garner stuff happened. Um, I yeah. just switched yeah. to then being all for Ben. Yeah. And I felt so bad for Julie. It was, I mean, Julie just gets the short end of the stick all the time. All the she time. Really does. I feel so she bad really, for her. really does. It's, uh, yes. I, I actually did an interview with Amy Jo Johnson and we talked a little bit about, you know, being, being Julie on the show and, and, and it, it was, it's a tough role. I mean, it's tough because it feels like at times, you know, the show is called Felicity. So, you know, your supporting characters are obviously not going to be as prominent as, as Felicity. And if you're, and if your storylines don't dovetail with the main character, you can feel like you're on a, you know, your own little moon, just kind of, you know, uh, but yeah, I mean, they gave her some tough stuff. I mean, date rape and the abortion, the adoption, not abortion storyline. Yeah. It's, it's, it's tough. And then not giving her dad, her kidney. (laughs) I was like, that's exactly where I'm at right now. And I'm like, Oh my gosh. She hasn't known this man her whole life. She's a match and then she doesn't give it like anyways. I was like this girl they give this girl the hardest like it's of course you love her still, but it's yeah. they make it almost so hard to because she's constant I mean that pays tribute to her and her ability and her acting ability, but it just constantly yep. she's getting these storylines that would essentially make someone unlikable it's or have to deal incredible. with some heavy stuff and like yep. very yeah. It's it's it, she has a lot on her plate. She's not really in this episode. Uh, she's no. kind of there. She she's a little there in the periphery. But um, yeah, it's 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 a tough role. I mean, I'll say this: what I've noticed in the handful of episodes that we've done thus far, most people are Team Noel when when push comes to shove. Um, it it and and that might not be fair to Ben. Uh, lovable golden retriever dumb ben um he, he he's lovely i guess when he's not being a bit of a fuck boy um <laughs> so I, just, I, oh you just what say it no no say? no I'm, I'm curious as i mean i understand both sides of it like i understand and 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 this is obviously a common thing on the show but you know ben was what set the show in motion, right? Like Ben yes. is what got her on a plane to go to New York. Um, yeah. So to, to not have Felicity go all in with Ben at some point in the show um, would do a disservice to the show. 
That being said, not sure that Ben is her forever person. No. Well, it, he just there's so much back and forth with him. Like they, it feels like they have this chemistry and it's exciting, but it feels like it feels like one is very reckless and careless and that's it's fun and they live in the moment. One second it's a yes and one second it's a no. Like I can't keep up. Whereas Noel just seems so sturdy and like, no, of course you'd be with no, yeah. he loves you. He knows how to articulate it. He's smart. He's not going to do anything that all of a sudden you're like, why did he do that? Like very rarely does no ever do anything that you aren't going to be able to guess. <laughs> Accurate. So Accurate. I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't, I go back and forth, but right now I think I'm in the midst of her being with, um, I mean, currently as I'm watching it, she's yeah. still with Ben. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's, I'm, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on how the show ends. Cause it ends in a, pretty crazy fashion um the so flash forward or what is it the the like the jump ahead in the future or something fourth season yeah fourth season yeah that's what i heard i heard that that was like it was like a weird yeah. finale where they did like a time jump they did yes <laughs> the, 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 it was it was one of those things where and i'm sure you're well acquainted with this um considering all the tv that you've done but you know, you never know when your show, what your order is going to be, right? Like, especially in broadcast television, less so in cable streaming, much more in broadcast where, you know, you make a bunch of episodes and then a network looks at the numbers and they, you know, they penny pinch, they figure out what makes the most sense. Uh, and Felicity was in its fourth season, which they had known, I think, was going to be, it was just going to be four years. It was her four years of college. That was what the show was going to be. Uh, and it, and it, it came to sort of a natural conclusion. They wrote a finale and then the WB asked for like five more episodes. <laughs> And they were like, okay. So they did like this sliding doors time travel thing. It's crazy. Does it span those extra five episodes or just the last episode? It spans all five. All five or four, yeah. I think that was just like J.J. Abrams wanting to like tap into like this, you know, like a little bit of sci-fi stuff. Yeah, I mean, J.J. was pretty much in his feature career kind of was taking off at that point. So I'm not sure that JJ okay. was all that involved in the, in the way that Felicity resolved itself. Uh, yeah. But it, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a swing and I respect it and I haven't rewatched it yet. And it's like, I'm watching it as I'm doing the episodes. So mm-hmm. I'm, you know, and I will continue once we're done the, the miniseries in, in a few weeks, but uh, yeah, I'm curious to see how it plays now. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it'll be more fun than it was at the time. But at the time, I was just like, wait, what are we doing? What's happening? What? It's crazy. So anyway. I have a tendency for any show to try to avoid watching the ending because you, it's so rare that you actually like the ending of a show. And I end up That's being, true. I'm 100% guilty for being that person that will bail like on the last season or the last couple episodes, just because I don't, number one, I don't want it to end and I'm not going to be happy with the way it ends. Like I never saw the end of Breaking Bad. I never saw the end of Sopranos. Like there's so many shows that I just <laughs> refuse to watch the end. <laughs> Is that well, bad? <laughs> I will say, I'll say this uh, to your point and season finales are hard. Um, yeah, I, series finales are hard. Um, it's kind of... There have been some good ones. I think The Sopranos is a is a is a great one, and at some point we're going to cover The Sopranos on this uh, podcast because the first season of The Sopranos aired in '99. Um, but you know, when they're great, they're great. The Six Feet Under finale is one of the best finales ever. Um, you know, I think that some shows can really land it, and when they do, it can feel really rewarding. But to your point, more times than not, they do not. So that oh, is what it is. Okay. Well, I'm excited um, to see it. 
So Felicity, um, <laughs> yes. you're, you, you, you refuse to commit to a team. Fair, fair point. <laughs> I get it. Um, and you know, did you, so you watched it when you were younger and obviously you were very young and you were watching it with your sister and I'm sure enjoying it to some degree or another. Yeah. Um, did you, when you were going through college, did you ever think about Felicity? Did it? When did it I inform? went through college? Yeah. Like because I didn't it? really do call. I didn't do college. I wasn't the college um, person though. You were no, I graduated. No, I didn't know that. I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Well, I, I, it's a little unique. I graduated high school at 15 and then I was taking courses mm-hmm. at a community college, but I, but I, um, uh, but I didn't actually like have a dorm. I didn't I go to college. I wasn't I like my sister's experience. I sorry, I think you can see this. This is amazing. Oh, that's amazing. Look at that. <laughs> Little Dane, look at that. That's no, amazing. that is Felicity. That's from... Oh my God. Wait, why do you have that? What is this? Okay, so just because I know so no for, one can for the, see. For the people that yeah. can't see this, although uh, we, will, we, will, we will show this um, uh, at some point. Um, I, and this is amazing. I need to take a picture of this. Hold on. <laughs> okay. Because I do feel as though... So I'll explain this- it while you're taking a picture. So yes, Alicia Rothman, who works props on Station 19 worked yeah. on Felicity. Mm-hmm. So me and me and Alicia have been watching a bunch of episodes of Felicity together. Sure. And she's walking me through things that like would happen behind the scenes oh, or like just relationships. And yeah. she has a ton of pictures and I'm currently at her house doing this, the podcast. Oh, was so, that Alicia just there? I didn't even yeah. see. Oh, well, tell her I say hi, by the way. Phil says hi. She said hi, Phil. So she <laughs> just she has walked by. She has, is this a prop from they gave it on the last episode. They gave it on the last episode. That's amazing. So, yeah. That is, um, that is, can you, wait, I got to get a picture of the cover of the graduating yeah. class thing. That is too funny. Hold on. All right. I got it. Um, um, that is amazing. But I didn't, have, right, yeah. I didn't have the college experience. So for me, like I when I watched it, I didn't understand it at 13 because the idea of college wasn't even my, I feel like in my brain yet. And then I left high school at 15 so mm-hmm. I'm almost 16. And so I never did the college thing. So, and when I went to visit my friends, that was not what college was like at all. Oh, I don't mean to suggest <laughs> that the Felicity college experience is in any way reflective of the college experience. I was really just, cause I mean, for me personally, this show premieres in night, uh, sorry, Lent, uh, fall of 98. So that is my first, that's my first semester of university. So I'm literally going through college in the same time that Felicity is going through college. And how did you feel about it? Well, I mean, I went to film school in Canada. So, like, let's be real. It was not <laughs> like Felicity's experience, um, really at all. And that's fine. I, but I think that that's kind of why I gravitated to the show. I had one of my best friends came on the show to talk about it because we used to watch it together. Um, and I think both of us enjoyed it because of the fact that it was the exact opposite of our experience, right? I mean, we were both at the time living at home, going to film school in downtown Toronto. And, you know, Felicity is having these magical adventures in this pseudo New York space that was shot in Los Angeles, but also had exteriors in New York. So like, it was all just a very interesting experience. Uh, I'll say this, it did make me long for that type of college experience. I mean, sure, who wouldn't? Everyone was gorgeous and wearing comfy sweaters and having sex. Like, it was great. 
everyone was well they are having sex but you never saw it i think i could like literally list like three times not saw it obviously we're talking about television but they never even like i never even saw anyone take their clothes off besides maybe three episodes i mean so had sex in, in the in the artist studio remember yeah but nothing yeah but nothing like it's just them making out he grabs her like leg well, what are you expecting commercial like it's still the WB in '99. Like yeah. this is. A- I know, but maybe I'm just so used to cable now. I'm like, I, that sure. doesn't mean they did anything. Like I watched this scene, and I'm like, and oh, I had to literally funny. look it up at first before mm-hmm. I actually continued on with the episodes. I was like, did she have sex with the art student? Like I wasn't sure. Yeah, she did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, she did. Yes. Yeah, um, that is Which very is funny. So it depressing, is- by the way. Jeez. Really? Like she loves well, she loves one guy. Like, yes, he was great and all, but like just it's sad to know that then she lost I mean, he seemed great. He seemed nice, seems like a great guy, but like yeah. really all this well, work went into her wanting to lose her virginity to Noel and then she ends up losing it to the arts the art student guy. I was like, okay. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. Um I would go I would I'd be willing to say that a good chunk of people's first times are, is not what they want it to be. Um and oh. not memorable. Uh, or memorable in the wrong ways. So if I'm Felicity and I can, you know, tell my daughter in the future that I lost it to a, I guess, a hot guy in an art studio, that's a good story. Story. <laughs> I mean, whether whether or not it was, I mean, for what it's worth, but it is know. a good story. But for a show that always seems like it is so, like you, like it. I don't know. I just didn't. Yeah. I didn't expect it. I was yes. That's good though. You're right. It's, it's a good. Well, role. I'll also say too, like a public place. To, I mean, it's a lot. There's a lot of. I got a lot of questions. It doesn't seem sanitary. I mean, but all of that being said, <laughs> they did it. Good for them. Um, but I like that you're worried about the sanitary. I mean, like, are we all right now? <laughs> now, yes. But I don't know. <laughs> Especially in college. I don't think anyone's thinking about that. Um, oh, my gosh. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. So this particular episode is called Crash, episode 205. I'm going to give a brief synopsis here for the people who have not watched it. When Julie suggests that dating B-list people is a good way to get over her breakup with Ben, Felicity agrees to Professor Sherman's request to try dating her son, David. Meanwhile, Ben and Maggie, played by Terry Polo, uh, shift to a more intimate relationship despite her concerns over their age gap. And Noel and Elena become obsessed with the video game. Crash aired on October 24th, 1999. It was written by Josh Reams and directed by Robert M. Williams. So I don't, what are your thoughts on this episode? I mean, did you, in a general perspective, you know, you've, you've been in a lot of episodes of television and I think you can (laughs) attest to the fact that 
um, sometimes episodes can feel a little bit like uh, chafe or chaff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? They can feel a little bit like you're just sort of, uh, we got to make an episode this week (laughs) and we're going to get it done. Um, This episode had a little bit of that vibe to me. I don't know how you felt about it. That is, yes, absolutely. (laughs) It's definitely not a strong episode and it felt very strange. Like there was a lot of things that stood out to me in this episode. I was like, huh. Like even the way there was some verbiage, like it felt like even like when um, uh, Terry Polo's character comes in and is like, I have the best muffins you'll ever taste. And like, or like, which I'm like, gross. Right. It just was strange. Like verb, like stuff that I was like, they just felt so different than all the other ones. Or even when Felicity runs into her teacher to tell her, yeah, I'll do it. And she's like, what do what? She's like, your son. And I'm just like, Yeah, there's definitely a lot of moments in this episode where people are like, I don't really know how to explain it, but it's like, so so I want to focus on one storyline in particular right now, because I do think that this one is the one that made me go like, huh, you guys just didn't have a storyline this week, which is the video game storyline. I mean, it is, it is truly just like, so what are we going to do with Nolan Elena this week? I don't know. They get obsessed with a video game. Great. Write it. Like, it's just, that's how, that's how it feels. I feel like a writer was supposed to write an episode and was got obsessed with the video game. And was like, what if that is what I just write it right. about? Because right. it does happen. And I talk about being obsessed with, a, I was obsessed with Crash Bandicoot. I played it until I dominated that game. So it was so funny that you actually picked this episode for me because I was obsessed with it. So I related to that. Like, <laughs> just, you feel like an addict to having to play Crash Bandicoot and having to succeed at it. And so I got, I, it was funny, but yes, it definitely felt like, this episode really just, you could miss really, it, not have it, and it does not affect oh, it, the it, it moves nothing forward. It teaches, <laughs> it teaches Noel and Elena nothing about themselves. I mean, I guess they're sort of a commentary on maturity, I guess, maybe, sure. But like, the episode's named after it too. Like, it's, I'm assuming it's called Crash because they're playing Crash Bandicoot, although they never yeah. overtly say that they're playing that game. So you'd have to know they're playing that game, but we'll just say, sure, fine. But like, yeah. I just found myself watching it being like, this is funny and cute. And I guess it's just kind of irreverent and it's whatever. But like, and then when I looked at like each individual storyline, the only one that is of substance, I guess, is sort of, I mean, I guess it's Felicity's, which is obviously she's the lead character. I get it. But even her storyline is just about like, you got to get out there. (laughs) And date a B-list person, which I was like, oh my God, that's horrible. It's terrible. terrible. And she tells (laughs) him that at one point. Well, after he had the bad date, he kind of deserved it. But at the same time, yep. like, yes, you still yeah. say it. And then at the end of the episode, he goes, oh, I'm happy to be your B-list person, yeah. which I feel like is supposed to be endearing the I'm way not. he delivers it. But I'm, I'm like, that is so horrible. You're, you're labeling yourself the B-list person. Which like, not even like, yeah. I'm sorry, keep going. No, 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 please, please, please. Well, like, not even just the last, I mean, your writer would have been like, Maybe I can be your A-list, or maybe I'll come to be your A-list. Or may- yeah. why is the line "I'm happy to be your B-list"? Well, there's something about I sort so there's there's two things I want to ask you about this. The first is, yeah, but they're basically saying rebound is really kind of what they're saying, right? Which is yes, yes, which is yes. kind of what I would have understood the conversation with Julie and Felicity to be, which is like, hey, you know, we're both getting out of relationships, ironically, with the same guy, and. You know, we need to rebound and we need to get out there, right? And 
but I guess my question is, have you ever been in a situation? Do you ever find yourself doing this? Like, have you ever been like post breakup or something or even not even post breakup? Have you ever thought to yourself, well, I'm going to go out with this person because he'll make me feel better about myself, which is just like, yeah. and, and, and vice versa. Like I've never been in a situation where I'm like, well, I guess I'll go on this date because I'll feel better afterwards. I, it just seems like an odd way of going about things. But then they're also, you know, kids, I guess, or college students. So maybe that's, I don't know plays into it. I, I don't, I don't know. No. I mean, I've never thought, let me go on a date to make myself feel better after a breakup ever. It, it seems like you, a strange and usually, Yeah. And usually a rebound is usually by accident. It feels like, you know, you break up, you end up having chemistry or something, somebody, and that ends up, and then you realize, oh, that was just for me to help get over this. Right. Not realizing that you're actually consciously doing it. Um, it's it, yeah. part of it too is, I mean, I understand the notion of a rebound. Like I understand the idea of you need to just get back on the horse. Like it's that idea of like when you've been in a car accident, you got to get back in your car so you don't have this festering like fear of driving. Like I get that. Um, and, and I'm, I'm sure there are any, a number of relation of real relationships that have come out of rebounds where you all of a sudden find yourself like with a new person and this is all great. This to me is just sort of, like there's so much baked into why it's a bad idea. Like, and just from the jump, if one of my teachers came up to me and said, would you date my son? I'd be like, no, for a myriad of reasons. So many reasons. So many reasons. It's so unprofessional. She Now, admittedly, they, she tries to like unring that bell up top and say like, she tries to kind of be like, I know this is a bad idea and I know this is wrong and I shouldn't do this, but, and then she does it anyway. Yeah. Um, that teacher seems like a really smothering mother <laughs> as well. Well, just to chime in about this a little bit, and I don't know, again, what was going on here, but you had, what was her name? Um, uh, you had the woman, uh, Terry, Terry Polo, right? Is that Maggie. Her name? Maggie. Yeah. She, yeah Ma- she played Maggie. Oh, what was her name? It's going to drive me crazy. I have it here. She, she played. Yeah. Yeah. So she played Maggie Sherwood and the, Professor was Professor Annie Sherman, and they're both these like white oh, blonde haired wow. older women. And one is per, like going after Ben, who's a co- young college student, and one is a professor that's basically making pimping her, student, her kid. yeah, pimping out her student <laughs> to her kid or her kid to her student. And yeah. I'm just like, what is going on in the writer's brain that like we're gonna have these two storylines, these you know these blonde haired white women that are older that are basically going to use their 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 I guess age their wiles to their, their yeah to their advantage and take advantage of these young children and I'm like what is going on I, and their names are Sherman and Sherwood I was like there's too many similarities here I didn't put together the Sherwood and Sherman that's amazing I also did not put together the just the the yeah the sort of older woman manipulation component of it, which is not cool. So, I mean, this brings, this brings something to, to that I need to kind of address, which is how old is Ben supposed to be? I kept thinking in my head that too. I was like, well, if he's, I mean, what, he's gotta be 19 and she's, She's got to be late thirties. Let's say mid late thirties. Yeah. This is what they're projecting for Terry. I mean, Terry's not that old at the time. Is my guess. Yeah, yeah. I imagine that Terry is probably in her early thirties. But even okay. if even if she's let's just say she's thirty-two, just to just for whatever. A thirty-two year old fucking a nineteen year old is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, uh, for for men, women don't matter. Like 
it's not okay. It's, yeah. It's, so, and then there's the moment when Ben says to her, I think you should say. And she's and she says, "How old are you?" And he closes the door. Doesn't answer the question because no. they don't want to answer the question. No, because saying it makes it so wrong. Because you can kind of live in this fantasy land where you're like, "Ben's twenty uh, something, yeah. right?" Yeah. And you're yeah. like, "No, he's a sophomore in college. He might be nineteen. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe depending on the month he was born. Maybe twenty. Maybe he I might guess be twenty, but that's on the outside. Might. Like maybe just turned twenty, and." She's also, it's soon to be revealed, is married. So it's like, you're a married person fucking a child. It's, so it's, wrong. It's not great. It's, but here's the fucked up part of all of this, or maybe it's not fucked up. But, and this is a testament to Terry Polo because I don't hate Maggie. Like, even when I find out what she, what, that she's married, it's, it's fucked up to some degree. But Terry Polo makes it palatable. She takes a character who could seem pretty bitchy and shitty and makes her seem human. Um, yeah. it, it's, and, and she has good chemistry with, with Scott Speedman. So, like, I don't begrudge the storyline. There's just this underlying creepiness to it that just makes me go, like, why are we, why are we doing this? But, it just didn't, the whole, the whole episode, why are they sucked into a video game? Why is an older woman going after this 19 year old that, and she's married? Like why, what is the purpose of it? The only thing, like you said, that made sense was like, okay, Felicity's going to start dating her art teacher's mm-hmm. son. And then that has a storyline. It does have an arc that never really is very substantial, but it exists. Yeah. And they um, also don't the, have chemistry. None at all. No. No. And I kept thinking as an actor, I'm like sitting there going like, is it because he doesn't make a lot of eye contact? Like, what is it about? They just didn't have chemistry. Well, first of all, they have the same haircut, which doesn't help. <laughs> and the then hair. she takes another guy coming down the road who also has the same haircut. Like, why are they, why are they pairing her with guys with short curly hair? It's not working. It just makes her look that much weirder. So there's that. But I'll, putting that aside. I do feel like this is a good opportunity to talk about haircuts on television because you just went through one. I did. Chopped off um, all my hair on television. Yep. On so so this is so okay. First of all, you were approached by the creatives, right? Thinking that they yes. wanted to do this, correct? Yes. Sim- similar to what transpired on Felicity. <laughs> the the writers went to Carrie Russell after she showed them a, a photo with her wearing a wig. Uh, which would ultimately play into, I'm assuming, all of her Americans' wigs. But all that being said, she puts on a wig and and cracks a joke. They're like, oh, maybe she can cut her hair. She cuts her hair. The world loses its fucking mind. The, the show's ratings crater. It's moved a bunch of time slots, blah, blah, blah. The haircut was crazy. Now, the creators come to you and say, we think this would be a great thing for Maya to do. And you were like, I'm game. Fuck yes. Right? Yeah. yeah. As my it answer looks, was, yeah, great. fuck yes. As anyone who follows you on Instagram knows, the hair looks great. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Thanks. Did you like how and I just posed? <laughs> the pose was great. Um, but, so here's my question. Yes. Cut on camera, right? You only get one shot at this. So this is a one-take situation. Yep. Um, how scary was it? And, you know, did you feel as though it had the desired effect of giving you sort of an emotional outlet for Maya's character? Great question. Uh, doing it on camera was so scary. I can't even, <laughs> like, 
after the first take because it was all you know and they had this really cool camera angle paris was paris barclay one of our executive producers was directing it like he had this great idea of how it was going to go we rehearsed it and rehearsed it and rehearsed it and every rehearsal i got more nervous and more nervous and more nervous <laughs> um <laughs> and i'm like can we please just shoot and it's supposed to be an emotional haircut just to give a little backstory it is my character um you know is basically coming to terms with the fact that she was raised in an abusive uh household to the way you see it on cameras it's more verbally and emotionally abusive but on the day that she cuts her hair her gra- her dad comes to a call that she's you know um that in charge of and mm-hmm. they get into an altercation he pulls her by the hair um and it's kind of a symbol of when she goes back to the station she's cutting off her hair but also a lot of other things have happened in her personal life too Sure. So it's time for a change, I guess you could say. Uh, but yeah, so it was supposed to be emotional, but like really wasn't sure where I was emotional, like more angry, more sad, more whatever. And I was so scared, so, so <laughs> scared that I just was like, just can we shoot it already? But then they said action. And at the first action, I actually said, stop. Like we started, the camera started to move and I pick up the scissors and I was like, no, 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 I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> like had a freak out moment. Um, and then we did it the second time and I was like, okay. Cause it is, it is scary when you only, you know, I've never done theater, but I imagine, I mean, I guess theater, they do multiple, you know, performances, different nights and stuff. And they just have to come to terms with every night. It's not going to be great, but you have one you shot. Only get one shot. Yeah. And yeah. I was also nervous about cutting. Like, is it going to like cut fast enough? Because yeah. they're giving me like, like not, these are not professional hair cutting scissors. They were like kitchen scissors. Like, and right. so it took, I was trying so hard to get through my hair. Anyways. Um, a lot of hair. Was, like uh, for people who have not seen the yeah. shot, I mean, essentially Danielle cuts through all of her hair in, in one shot, which yep. is not easy to do. Even if you don't have a camera pointed at you and you're not, you know I mean? Like it's just, it's not easy to do period. And I thought as, cause I watched the episode and I saw as it was transpiring, I was like, I wonder, I thought that what they were going to do was cut in. So like if there were other, like basically do an extreme close up of someone cutting hair. Right. Yeah. And then you have yeah. the wide, but whatever, but it's all, as you said, it's all in one shot. It's all in one wide. Um, and I just thought to myself, like, that's that like, it's, it's hard to do that. Like the actual, so I was like, that's I, the fact that it went seamlessly. I was like, all right, there you go. Paris put a lot of trust in me, but you know how Paris is like, okay, don't screw this up right before we start. I'm like, damn <laughs> you, action. Paris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, and action. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was, I think everyone was just so, the whole, by the way, the whole crew and like cast were like behind the the, the video monitors, like <laughs> having to watch it, which I found out after and I've seen pictures. Um, yeah. But he, I think for Paris, he's like, I filmed people doing hair and you cut, when you cut, people assume it's not the real person cutting their hair when you zoom in close. And I think Paris is like, I've shown people fake cutting their hair, wigs or whatever, but this is the first time I've ever actually had an actor cut off their hair on camera. So he wanted to make sure it was in one shot and to use that. So I got that. Um, But yeah, definitely put a lot of pressure on me. I was definitely scared to list, but I did it. And now I'll never forget that feeling. And of course, as an actor, though, I got done. And because I was more nervous about cutting my hair and getting everything right, I was like, was I where I needed to be emotionally? Like, I don't even know what I was thinking. I feel like I blacked out. Um, And then in regards to your question about like, did it, do I felt, do I feel like it um, was kind of what my character should have done and worked for my character in the storyline? Yeah, I think it was something that, was brought up early in the season. And, but then the question that I brought up was why am I cutting my hair? Yeah. 
because I think as a woman and especially my sister is a female firefighter and she's fought really hard to keep her hair long as long as it's under, you know, you know, within the requirements of the LAFD because she loves her long hair. And a lot of women just cut it off. It's easier. Um, but a lot of women used to have to cut it off because that was the requirement for firefighters is you had to have the short haircut. So it kind of became this question. And it's just funny that we kind of kept talking about it throughout the season, 16 episodes. And then finally in the finale, they're like, this is what's going to happen. You know, your dad's going to pull your hair, you're going to cut it. And I felt it it felt moving. It felt like it was the right time for me to do it. I'm happy I did it. Um, I think we could have had a million different, um, different, I guess, conversations about hair and women and why I'm cutting it and the whole thing. But I think this at least, yeah, <laughs> you know, I think it could have done some other stuff, but I'm happy that. I think. It, I think. Purpose. Listen, I think it's you know, in terms of because it does feel like it's it's not an uncommon thing. I'm not a woman, so obviously I can't speak to it uh, on a gender level, but it does feel as though people, when they have big changes in their, in their lives, want to physically manifest that in some way that they can. If it's getting a tattoo, if it's cutting their hair, if it's getting a piercing, some sort of a, a physical, um, you know, uh, way of expressing what you're going through emotionally. And I do yeah. think that, you know, on, on the Felicity side of things, you know, I've, I've spoken of this in the, in the, specifically in the episode when she cuts her hair, but just in general, you know, the, the show really went out of its way to, uh, to turn itself upside down and kind of break itself into a bunch of pieces at the top of season two. And I think that, you know, it was believable and it felt honest that Felicity would, would leave this, I don't want to say relationship with Ben, although I guess it was technically a relationship, but whatever the case might be, that that breakup would send her to a place where she wanted to change the person she was. She changes her major, she changes her hair, she changes all these things about herself. Um, and and I think that it would that, that that it's a uh, that it's an effective tool. I think that you know in television you have to show don't tell, and I think that to show Maya's change, to show Felicity's change, cutting hair is is an effective way of doing that. Um, and I would imagine, and again, I, I don't know how you feel about it, but you look differently now, right? Like when you look in the mirror, you see a different person. So I imagine that that has to be helpful for for you moving forward with the character. Absolutely. I think it's a great way to put it too. It is usually a symbol of change. As me, Danielle, I've cut my hair and colored it many times every time I had a different shift in my life. Sure. So it is a way of like expressing yourself that doesn't feel as permanent as a tattoo or even maybe what my piercing might be, but it does feel like, okay, I'm showing the world I'm changing. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I think this is going to be, I'm kind of excited and nervous because I don't know what is going to happen with Maya going forward because we ended the season on such a shift. You know, it was, it was her admitting her faults, her apologizing to people, her cutting off her hair, her finally coming to not coming to terms, but at least admitting, yeah. you know, what she was raised with. So I do think it was, it's a great symbol. And the same with Felicity. I think it, it was, it is a great means to show, to show that um, there's change coming and that there's internal change happening without having to kind of sit down with a therapist and, and explain it all to the audience. I mean, so, and yeah. I think also, and I mean, you know, again, not to get too deep into this, but uh, you know, on a gender level, you know, I think that, there is an empowerment that comes from it as well, right? As a woman, being able to control the way that you're perceived, I think is incredibly powerful. And I think that, uh, you know, that's what Felicity is doing. It's what, you know, it's what Maya is doing. It's, it's a, it's a control thing, right? You're taking, you're trying to take control back. You know, this idea that Felicity feels like perhaps she lost a piece of herself and, and allowed Ben to sort of control the narrative for lack of a better way of putting it. And then to regain a sense of control, I think is, you know, an important thing. 
It is. It's interesting you bring up that too. It's like gaining, you know, the kind of empowering and the control thing too. Because I wonder sometimes what that is, or if it's for some women, it's the fact, I mean, at least what I've done it sometimes is we are so judged by beauty is long hair, usually long, you know, the, the stereotypical, what is put out there is beautiful long hair. And I feel like sometimes as a woman, you go through these phases where also, which I don't think Maya is going through this exactly, this movement um, or feeling, but but really you are doing it because you're like, you know, no, I'm gonna, not going to be judged by what my hair looks like, which Felicity obviously was, and then Honestly, was judged. Yeah. Oh, and then was judged when she decided to cut it all off, which was a perfect, I think, I wish that there could have been a conversation at that time when she cut her hair that was like, why is this such an issue? Like, yeah, you may not like the hairstyle. Like not everyone's going to like the hair. No, I mean, my family personally, every single one's like, so when are you going to go out when you go and blonde again? <laughs> and I'm like, never. <laughs> but, um, but, but it's I true. Think, yeah. yeah, it's an interesting conversation to have because I think it's empowering if that is what you're using it for to say, like, I'm taking back control and I am going to say what my hair looks like, not society. Yeah. Um, they're not going to put pressure on me to say, make me feel I should look a certain way. But, I mean, I would um, say that it certainly, it, it plays a little bit into, this is more so in, in, in Maya's case than in Felicity's case, but you know, the, the definitions of femininity to what you're saying, you know, what, what is, mm-hmm. what is deemed feminine, what is deemed not, you know, I think that we're obviously living in a world right now, thankfully, where a lot of these barriers and, and sort of lines in the sand are being um, eradicated in terms of what we think it means to be a man or a woman or um, all of that. So it is interesting, you know, my obviously being bisexual, that plays into sort of this idea of her not wanting to be boxed in to to fall into some sort of a obvious label patterns and all this sort of stuff with Felicity. It's less that obviously, but at the same time, it did feel like at the time she was really maligned for the haircut. And I think that there was a lot of things baked into that aggression. Unfortunately, first of all, just to your point, what is overtly attractive and not, which is entirely subjective. And then on top, and then on top of everything else you had, it's accentuated, as I mentioned earlier, by the men that she dates that seem to have the same haircut as her, which just seems to like highlight the situation. Like if anything, you'd want to put her with someone who doesn't, but it doesn't matter. Being put past that. <laughs> it just, it, it, it does feel as though they definitely got, they, they got in the tall grass a little bit as to how to deal with this haircut and they yeah. figured it out ultimately. But, um, but I do think it's an interesting thing. Um, so it, to sort of come back to kind of, I was watching this episode trying to figure out what the theme of this episode might very well be. And what, <laughs> yeah, and what I came up with, and this is probably a bit of a stretch, but it feels like it's a little bit about being honest with people about matters of the heart, being honest with yourself about that to some degree or another. There seems to be a lot of deception going on in terms of people just not overtly lying necessarily, but just not being entirely honest with themselves or with others about how they feel. Um, There's something there. I don't necessarily know that it's the theme of the episode. And quite frankly, it could be the theme of this series. So, you know, that's, that's, that's neither here nor there, but I don't. I'm interested. I'm interested if that's the theme. So, what do you wait? Say again. What you think the theme is? I mean, it felt a little bit about like being honest with people when it comes to matters of the heart. Because I feel like no one's being honest though. Like that's the point. (laughs) Being honest the heart. You're saying no one's being honest there. That's why. No one's being honest. Like I feel like a lot of times, and I don't want to say that this is necessarily all the time, but I do feel like your cold opens of television shows 
tend yeah. to be the theme in a nutshell, or at least to tip off what the theme of the episode is. And then by the yeah. end of act one, in theory, you're supposed to define what the episode is about. So whatever your act one out is should, in theory, for any writers out there who perhaps care um, or think or might not even agree with me. Uh, in general, I even love hearing this, by the way, Phil. I, I, mean, <laughs> I love hearing this. I, I, again, I, I, this is not – I don't know any of this for a fact. This was a lot of writers that I've worked with have said this, but that in general, your end of act one out should, in theory, define your episode. It should be the the the, the – I know what this episode is about. I don't know what I know what's going to happen in this episode by the end of Act One. Now, again, this is more of a broadcast rule than it is a streaming cable rule. They kind of throw all that shit out the window, um, but and uh, maybe understandably. But in this episode, you've got your cold open, which is a strange scene of Felicity, Nolan, and Elena having dinner at Nolan and Elena's apartment with this like kind of like sexy makeout music in the background and candles playing, and they're talking about how. She calls Noel and Felicity out for not talking to each other about dating new people. And I'm like, okay, so I guess that's sort of the episode in a nutshell, on the A story anyway, which is that yeah. it's sort of them eventually coming to grips with that. But then the irony is that the last scene in the episode, which is a callback to the first scene, Felicity doesn't admit to going out with David to Noel. So she's essentially learned nothing. So I don't know. Yeah. I'm like, go now. I'm just, I'm replaying everything in my head. So there's just a part of me that just feels a little bit like I think that they were trying to do an episode that was a bit of a stutter step. They're kind of treading water of just like showing Noel and Felicity kind of dealing with not being open with each other about dating new people, and that that that's kind of it. But it is weird because even I remember nothing about the the Noel and Elena scene at the beginning. It did feel like, are they going to start to be a couple? And then they spent the entire episode together playing video games. And I'm like, were they testing that out? Like as writers, as creators, were they like, maybe we want to see if they have chemistry, if this could work? Because they were, because I wonder if that was something they were trying to do. And this was like an episode, like, let's get people with people we wouldn't expect. We'll put Felicity with David. We'll put, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. you know, Ben with Maggie and we'll put Noel with Elena and see how it looks and it just didn't work I mean, like i wonder if that how much they had to edit or how much was changed from what was on the script i don't know i mean i'll say this i don't i, I mean i i have not had the pleasure of of uh of talking to scott foley or or tangy miller at this point hopefully <laughs> i will but um i'll yeah, fingers crossed but i'll say this i i, I think that i agree with what you just said which is the top of this season has been about throwing everyone to the wind. It's been really about like, how do we shake this up, pair people off, do as much things that are sort of quote unquote counterintuitive to the series as possible. Um, because they wanted to shake it up. They wanted for story purposes and for writing purposes. Understandably, they felt as though they had defined themselves well in season one and that they had the the clout and the ability to be able to take some risks moving forward in series. Um, and I respect that. But... I don't know that Noel and, and, and Elena were ever, um, were ever uh, on the table to be dating. I mean, at this point, Noel has Ruby. Um, and Ruby, I actually, you know, we had Amy Smart on the, on the show, and she's uh, tremendous and, and talked about the process of being on the show. And I loved Noel and Ruby. I thought they were really cute together. I thought that they actually really work well off of each other. Um, so I don't necessarily know that it was that. It felt just honestly like, 
How about they get obsessed with a video game? We can shoot, you know, we'll, we'll do it. We can literally do it in, a, in in two days, if that. I bet it was a day in that on that set, and it was done. And it was funny. It, it was, was funny. funny. And, and, and again, like they they are funny together. Their, their weird neuroses work well off of each other, um, which I appreciated. Uh, Tangie Miller's hat at one point, that bucket hat that she comes in wearing. But can I? Our bucket. That wasn't anything. Are they back now? Now? I think they're back. I didn't get the memo if they're back now, but I do remember like back in the nineties, things like that being so in, like Mm -hmm. so much of the wardrobe she's wearing, Felicity, Tangie, any, like all of them. I'm always like, Oh my God, I had that. I own that. Yes. Like (laughs) the butterfly clips that Amy Jo Johnson had in her hair. Like I used to be obsessed with those. So there's a lot of like, it definitely encapsulates. I feel like the nineties when you see what they're wearing. That, yeah, when you I don't, walked I didn't in know with that back. hat, I was just like, you must be joking with that hat. It's incredible. It was like, yeah, anyway. <laughs> but but I appreciated their energy. It was fun for what it was worth, uh, which is not much. But it was still fun nonetheless. Um, I think it's, you know, I, I, I'm i curious to ask you about this because, yeah. you know, we've had I've had a fair amount of female guests on. Um, and, and the last episode um, was The Depths. Uh, which we had Rebecca Searle on for. And and essentially it was they're trapped in a subway car together. Felicity and Julie have to like deal with their shit. Trapped in a subway car. Yeah, yeah. sorry. You saw my face. <laughs> yeah. Anupam. <laughs> a little, little nod to Anupam. Uh, yeah. Uh, so they're trapped in a subway car. They have to, uh, they have to deal with their shit. It's basically the long and short of that. Right. And they end the episode on sort of a note of, you know, are they even really friends or are they friends by convenience? Are they friends because they're desperate for friendship? Um, and I imagine that, you know, it, it does seem as though, and I hate to sort of uh, speak so much on gender, but there's a part of me that feels like female relationships are a little bit different than male relationships. Men tend to be a little bit more binary. I think I, I can only speak from my own male relationships where they just tend to be a little bit of sort of black and white. And I think that female relationships, there's just a lot more going on. And I don't say that as a judgment. I just think that women, unfortunately, because society is a terrible fucking place and the patriarchy exists, there's just all of these projections and all these things, all these weights that that women put on their that, that women have on their shoulders. And I think that when it comes to other female relationships, it 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 can be just a little bit just trickier. Navigating waters can be just different. Maybe not trickier is the wrong word, but just different. And I think that Felicity and Julie's relationship is an interesting one in the sense that these are two very different women who probably wouldn't be friends under different circumstances um, and certainly aren't friends past, I guess it's top of season three when Julie leaves the show. Uh, she comes oh, back. Oh, so she does. Okay. I'm not uh, she comes okay. back uh, at the end of the, at the end of the series, but for the most part, it's, you know, it, it's, it's a, it's an interesting relationship between two women that are still trying to figure out who they are, who they want to be. Um, and what I appreciated is that as they came into this episode, uh, it's still weird. Like, it's still awkward between them. They don't do what a lot of TV shows do, which is, oh, we're done now. <laughs> Moving on. They allowed that sort of, that to, to to bleed into this episode. And it does feel like by the end of this episode, because of the Elena and Noel being 
trapped playing a fucking video game, she calls Julie to complain about the date that she's on. And it's kind of a bridge that allows them to kind of find their friendship again. Um, so I guess my question to you, and this is a very long-winded way of getting to it, but do you feel like you've had relationships similar to Felicity and Julie's? Did you feel as though, or at least at that time in your life, maybe not now, I mean, obviously, you know, you've grown up, <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not, you're not a university or college student, but do you feel as though it's reflective of relationships that you've had? I think, I mean, I go, well, I do think friendships to some extent always start out as a, as a friendship of convenience. You're working together. That's how you meet each other. There's something you bond over. And then I think the true testament of a relationship is whether or not the, the friendship stays after whatever that school or the job or whatever ends and you guys continue that relationship not to say that you don't care about each other I just think a lot of relationships stem from the convenience that you guys are around each other all the time um what's interesting with them with Julie and Felicity is that yeah I don't think that would it's hard it's not realistic in my mind (laughs) that Felicity likes this guy. She comes to New York for him. Then Julie starts dating him. Then Julie's full on dating him. Then Ben breaks up with Julie. Then Ben and Felicity start dating. Like, it, you don't think that's realistic? Really? You don't think that that's yeah. realistic? No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean, that happens all the time, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, I just don't think a lot of, I don't think friendships could withstand considering they are so different and, and they don't have a lot of, um, similarities between the two of them it's it's kind of that okay but you have this big wedge between you and just don't see what they're holding on to um so i don't, I don't yeah i i, I mean i it, that it felt kind of for it once julie and ben are kind of a couple it felt like the whole show was trying to figure out how do we get out of this unfortunately and protect both julie and ben and keep them on the show and unfortunately i think julie was never fully protected it kind of always painted her in this bad picture of like Felicity liked Ben and Julie ended up dating Ben. And then, and then that was that. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. She never recovered. We, we, yeah. I, I've, you know, talked about this on previous, certainly season one episodes where um, at a certain point, it becomes clear that the end game, or at least that the, the season finale was going to be about Felicity choosing one way or another. Um, so when, when that happens, there's kind of this moment when Ben starts to kind of pull away from Julie and their relationship starts to become oddly friendship like they don't ever kiss they're just kind of hugging he gives her a guitar for her birthday like there's all this like weird stuff that's like are they dating are they not dating which to be fair kind of indicative of what it's like to be dating when you're 19 or 20 years old which is you're kind of like you know in one you know one foot out the door all the time so i I don't necessarily take issue with that but but i do think that um to your point julie isn't served as well as Felicity is. Felicity is the the person who needs to be protected the most on the show, obviously. Yes, of course. Um, but I, I still appreciated the 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 awkwardness of their of their having muffins together after Elena takes off and they have yeah. this together. And when they start talking B list and Julie talking about, you know, um just looking forward to dating again, I guess. I, I don't know. Um it's it's an interesting scene. It's an awkward scene. I appreciated the energy between the two actors, between Carrie and, and Amy Jo, which I thought um, they always find a way to make it interesting, even if it's not always believable. Yeah, they do. So. They do, and I I do love that she ended up calling um, Julie when you know she, when she tried to get a hold of Nolan um, and Elena, and then had to talk to Julie. And Julie was the one that kind of gave her permission, like. 
even that moment was really, I think, an endearing moment, which I don't even know if they realized it was going to hold that much weight. But it's so endearing that all Felicity needed was someone to say, leave, like, don't sit there and be treated like shit by the sky. <laughs> um, and it just it felt very empowering that this woman, this other woman is who not a man, but this other woman who is her friend or and they've had kind of this rough like his, you know, situation going on. Mm-hmm. Um, was the one that was like, no, go and don't stay, just leave. And she's like, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I, I appreciated that. Um, so here's a question about this date. <laughs> so they're in a French restaurant and you know it's a French restaurant because they're playing French music. The music, the music in this show, in Felicity in general. Well, <laughs> the music. I mean, a lot of the music cues have changed. So the music cues would, would have been better in 99 when, you know, you had all the music of the, of the time. My issue, about, my issue is more about the music in this specific restaurant of which we don't really get any wide shots of. It's all pretty tight. So you're like, it's just generic restaurant. You don't really have any, you know, you're like, I guess it's French. They're playing like weird, like Ratatouille music in the background. You're like, okay. And then <laughs> David proceeds to speak French to the waiter. Now, such an asshole. <laughs> total asshole, but also total. what are the chances that this waitress is going to speak French? Like he might've just been speaking French to a person like, dude, I'm just, I just work here. Like I don't speak French, but she happens to also speak French. And he says something shitty in, in French. And Felicity, of course, speaks French. Like, why wouldn't she? She's Felicity. Um, so when she comes back from talking to Julie, she shits on him in French and says, like, this is the worst date I've ever had. Um, yep. I love Carrie Russell to death. Her French is not great. <laughs> <laughs> but see, you know French. You know what French is supposed to sound like. To me, I, number one, but you're, you're Canadian, right? I'm I mean, I mean, I'm just sure, but I mean. I feel I like can, you probably experienced more French in your life than I have. Sure, I mean, that might be true, but I don't need to speak French to know that that Carrie Russell learned those lines phonetically and was just desperately trying to say it in a way that made it. So- now, listen, God willing, I get Carrie Russell on this podcast someday and I can ask her if she actually speaks French. But all that being said, it was one of those things where I was like, huh, OK, she doesn't seem comfortable saying this line, but it worked and she got out and it's fine. See, I just loved that scene so much. I mean, no, that scene, no, that type of scene where someone speaks in a different language and they're saying mean things or they're kind of being whatever, and then you come back and prove that you can speak the language is something that is done over and over and over. And it wins. It works every single time. So to me, I was like, go for it. Yes. Tell this guy off. It just felt good because the start of season two was so much of like Noel being an asshole and, and Julie yeah. being an asshole. Yeah, Felicity, yeah. And everyone had their reasons. And like, this was like the first episode where it kind of switched Yep. I mean, obviously her and Julie kind of mended and Noel and stuff like that. And so everyone's not being mean to her anymore, but it felt like it was the first time that she was able to, we had a character that wasn't part of the main cast that she was able to tell off, but they still protected him because, you know, he came back and then apologized, 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 but he was yeah. such an asshole at first that it felt so good for her to see you're rooting for Felicity. And it felt so good for her to be like, yeah. you know what? Cause she can't really say screw you to Noel or Julie. No. so they kind of have this other character that comes in that's an asshole and she can finally have her screw you moment so i loved it regardless of the bad french, the bad I, french I, enjoy, I agree with you i enjoyed it too i agree with you it's it's perennial you can never go wrong with someone overhearing something and using it against that person it always works um i think it's also great to your point uh when he does show up at the dorm room felicity just 
totally lays into him and Megan overhears it. And Megan is so happy to see Felicity just like yelling at somebody, which I think is fantastic. Um, yes. It's so this, okay. This is, I feel bad. Cause I really think that David's character is like a fucking disaster. Like I, I think it's, I just think it's ultimately just as much as of a disaster as Ben. So much more than Ben. Ben is Ben admittedly like, is charming, right? David, David's a prick right out of the gate, right? First of all, he's being set up by his mom, which not yeah. a great look. Okay, so there's that. So he's set up by his mom, shows up, he's an asshole. Then she shoots him down, or she, you know, she she tells him to fuck off. He shows up at her at her dorm room with a sad story that makes no sense about how he went to France. Which is, I guess, why he took her to a French restaurant, which makes no sense. But he went to France. They couldn't confuse us with more things. It couldn't be, like, Italian or something. It had to be French. Right. So, (laughs) so, right. Because maybe the actor spoke French. Maybe that's what the... I don't... Anyway. So, he goes to France to take photos, okay? With and his girlfriend who've only a year, which I mean that's not that long, but it's it's it's, it's a good chunk of time, right? Of a year gets on a plane to go to France to tell him that she's cheating on him with his best friend. Since he was six. His best friend since he was he six. Was, yeah, I remember that because it's not just like a best friend, like a recent best friend, it's a best friend my whole life. And I'm just like, that makes literally no sense. Why would a person Go to France to dump someone. It makes no sense. Um, so on top of all of this, I'm just like, you're also a loser. And and like, this is a shitty situation. And I don't like, it's just bad. It's just bad. Uh, I guess I never looked at him as a shit. I guess I never picked up on that. It's so funny how when, I mean, you're a genius a writer, you uh, understand this, you can manipulate, you know what I mean? They write stuff. And then when you say it out loud like that, like I remember him saying it and be like, Oh, boohoo, like boohoo, like whatever. Yeah, yeah. And, but at the same time, it is so ridiculous. Like it is the worst case scenario, but of something that's so unrealistic. Sure. Um, like, there's a bunch of ways yeah. to get where you want to go with that story, which is for Felicity to feel bad that the guy got cheated on by his girlfriend or whatever, but with his best friend. Like, by the way, it's a that's a fucking trope in and of itself, but fine. So be it. You want that to happen to David so that Felicity feels bad, so that Felicity gives him another shot. Fine. Why would you make it this stupidly convoluted story that makes no sense? It's just, it's crazy. So I take issue with that. Um, I then take issue with with how they find common ground on top of everything, where it's like their common ground is we disappointed our parents. <laughs> is that what the common ground even was? Was that actually what they bonded like, over? Yes. So you're just like, this isn't cute. Like, no. Give, like, give them a cute thing. Don't give them like a sad, like... But they couldn't. They couldn't make it that hopeful. Like, they couldn't make us really 1,000% behind this relationship. Yeah. I mean, in the, the end game is always going to be Noel or Ben. So it's like, That's you can't you can't have us be completely, like, rooting for this guy. I mean, I at least I felt. I mean, I liked it that he was a distraction, but at the same time, if, if the writers made him, like, perfect, yeah, it, it would make it hard for her to go back to Noel or Ben. He would have to do something so catastrophic that it would cause that to, to go away. Yes, maybe. I can't, I, can't, I can't disagree with that, but I, I just feel like they just—they really 
they set this guy up to lose. Like he's just, he's never going to win, but that's, that's, yeah. Um, so ultimately what happens is he shows up at Dean and DeLuca with a rose and some cookies. <laughs> cookies. <laughs> it's just, it's also just so pathetic. Because you're like, also number one, no guy in real life, sadly, I wish they did. I wish some guy was an asshole and went to those extremes to make a guy that knows you for months or years. Yeah. would yeah. might not even, might not even go to those extremes to make like up for his mistakes. This guy has met her once and maybe spent what, 20 minutes. They didn't even order food. Like 20 minutes together. She leaves. He knows, by the way, knows her dorm, (laughs) knows where she works. I'm like, I'm starting to get stalker feel (laughs) like like vibes, stalker vibes. Like what is going on here? And he knows all this stuff. So it's just so unrealistic. The whole situation. He's unrealistic. It's like, this is a dream, right? If Mm -hmm. they had done the the time, you know, machine thing at the end, they should have done like a, this is all not real. (laughs) Erase David from the timeline? Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, just he never existed. It was all in her head. Yeah. I mean, so they go to coffee (gasps) anyway. How does he know she works there? I mean, here's the other thing. I think the mom was involved in some of this too. Like, I think that Professor Sherman found (laughs) found out where her dorm room was. Like, who? I mean, listen, I'm, I'm less concerned about the logistics of how he finds her as I am with him finding her. (laughs) <laughs> like it's it's you know but he finds her he brings her a rose and cookies they have like a kind of cute moment i guess and she gives him another shot because she's felicity and she gives him another shot and then they go to coffee and i guess they have a nice time they have no chemistry whatsoever and then at the end of the episode he's like i'd like to see you again i'm i'm happy to be your b-list person or some shit it's i mean i don't even <laughs> i don't even remember what happens with david like i know they obviously don't end up together but I thought there was another guy that enters the equation, which I'm pretty sure there is. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I could have sworn that she went out with that. another guy in season two that had similar. Yeah, I don't remember. I'll similar find out. Hair as um, but all that being said, I should know this, but it's slipping my mind. Okay. Yeah. yeah she, I mean, Felicity needs to date other people before she, before she comes back to Ben at the end of the season anyway. So I get that, but mm-hmm. it's what it is. Um, I one of the things I liked, and this comes back to to Terry Polo. She's got a great line delivery when she shows up at Dean and DeLuca and asks Ben to come to her store later in the day to taste her muffins. Yeah, because they're great muffins. The best muffins uh, you'll ever taste. The best muffins oh, you'll ever taste. Could that not have been a dirtier line? <laughs> could not have been a dirtier line. Um, and Ben's like, <laughs> "I have class," and she goes. <laughs> Oh my God, class. And Terry Polo, to her credit, makes that line funny rather than creepy. And also makes it like, I think Terry Polo is a great actor. Uh, And and I think that she finds a way to imbue enough humanity in this character so that it doesn't feel super creepy. But still. And when you find out her husband's cheating, it basically wipes the slate. It felt feels like the second you find out she's doing this because her husband's the age thing is still never and is always yeah. going to be an issue. But the fact that when you find out her husband's cheating, at least it kind of it yeah. takes a, it takes the edge off it a little bit. It makes her seem yeah. like a little less of a monster, I guess. Um, but uh, yeah, um, Maggie, Maggie Sherwood. What a, what a, what a character! What a character! It's interesting. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what else. I mean, it's it's, it's weird. Uh, I'm not really into it. But, I want to. Uh, I want you to bring on the writer of that episode, though, because I want to know 
I don't think Judge Reams is coming on here. (laughs) You know, the the two older women doing just crazy things. I'm like, where did this stem from? Like, from a psychological standpoint, I want to sit with the writer and be like, where in the depths of you did this come from? I'm going to have an older woman go after a younger one. So... I, I will also say this, um, you know, I don't know Josh Reams personally. Uh, I don't know any of the writers on this show personally. Um, so I don't know what the, what any, there's any number of things. You've been in a writer's room from time to time. You know how, how it goes. You've seen, yeah. uh, you've seen the boards. You've seen how they lock us all in a room and, and, you know, whip yeah. us and make us write stuff. So like, it's, that's what it is. That's what being on a television show is. Um, episodes like this feel to me like there was another episode that was written and blown up or thrown away. And this, and we had to, we had to pull something together real quick. Um, And that's not a judgment on, on any of the people involved. Um, Production is a crazy thing. And when it's up and running, it's up and running and scripts have to get shot. So I get it. Um, But it just, it feels a little thin. It feels a little bit like, okay, we're just, we're going to do an episode where, where are our characters at? Okay, we're just going to, we're going to inch them just a little bit closer, you know, to where we need them to go. um, As opposed to making big moves. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's what it is. I I don't, I I don't want to make any judgments about the writer of the episode and, and what his motives were behind these somewhat duplicitous blonde older women. Um. I don't know. I'm so intrigued. I'm, I'm so intrigued. intrigued. I'm intrigued, but I, I I'm not yeah. even saying it's a bad thing. I'm just like, yeah. where does this come from? What was the the motivation behind this? But yeah. yeah. I, I do one of the things that I do like in terms of uh where it's heading is they do lay a little bit of piping or plant some seeds for the mono episode, which is the one after this, when mm-hmm. Carl shows up complaining of food poisoning. <laughs> that guy doesn't look like a Carl, by the way, but that's neither here nor there. Carl shows up um, saying that he thinks he got food poisoning um, and that he feels like shit. Uh, the next episode, there's a mono sort of pandemic that's going through um, the dorm. Um, and Megan and Carl have sex, I think, if I remember correctly. Yes, um, Megan and Carl have sex. Megan, by the way, is the most underrated character on the show. I think we all yes, agree on that. Right? And I'm so yeah. excited that Amanda Foreman's coming on for that episode. Oh, so I'm amazing. Talk to her about that. Um, but yeah, she is. She's the best. I love Megan so much on the show. Um Same. But she, so yeah, so Carl shows up, says he's feeling like shit, and then he thinks he has food poisoning, so Megan sees it as an opportunity to steal his fridge. Um, which yeah. again, I mean, respect. I, I, I mean, Go for it, Megan. Um, but yeah, so like, I, I, I appreciate that the show, it's not done in a vacuum. It feels like it's connected. It doesn't feel like episodes are sort of free-floating out in nowhere. This episode is still connected to the show. It just mm-hmm. feels a little bit superfluous at times. I uh, agree with that. I agree. It didn't just, it just didn't move the needle anywhere. It really didn't. Besides maybe that little bond between Julie and Felicity. Mm-hmm. And now we know Felicity's going to date David. Yeah. For however that long, like it just didn't. And I mean, I have to give it, I mean, Scott fully sold those scenes with oh. playing the video. Game. He did a brilliant job I and I thought it was a funny entertaining. It was still, it still was in Felicity fashion and was funny and entertaining and exciting. Yeah. But um, but yeah, it definitely felt like you could you could skip this episode and not miss anything. Yeah, which is not great. You never really like an episode that does that, um, especially when you put it next to the episode that it, that preceded it, which which is the depths, which is one of my favorites. I love a bottle episode. I love, as you very well know, I love trapping people <laughs> in a in, in a, a garage. Together. 
in a garage, perhaps, um, and and making them all deal with their shit. I, I that to me is the best television when when the investment in the characters that you that you have as a viewer um, is kind of weaponized, and you're forced to put all these characters together and and have them sort of really you know, combative with one another. I, I appreciate that. And, and uh, I really like that. So to come off of that episode into one that, that the stakes feel like they kind of dropped a bit on a show that doesn't have high stakes to begin with is, you know, is a thing, but, uh, but I, you know, I, I, I still think it's, I, like you said, a bad Felicity episode is still a, is still a Felicity episode and it's still enjoyable in its own way. So. so it really was. I just love the characters. I think you can't go wrong. The characters are great. But I very much appreciate you coming on for this. I hope thank you for having me for a third time. This was amazing. I can't wait to. The plan is still to have you and Danielle do bats together. You and Danielle, you and Barrett do bats together. Do you remember we talked about that? Yes. Um, Oh yes, yes, I haven't forgotten. The plan is still (laughs) to get you guys to come on together for that someday. When hopefully we can uh, we can all be in a space together again. Wouldn't that be great? I would love that. I would absolutely love that. We can make that happen. Um, but thank you so much <laughs> for coming to, on. Yes. Uh, we need to actually view it all together too. We actually yes, need no, to sit down and watch it together. hundred yeah. percent. I think we need to all sit down, watch it together and then talk about it. Okay, um, we do. might even, what we could do is maybe even like do, do a remote episode might be fun where we watch it and then we talk about it immediately afterwards. That would be awesome. Cause half the time things, whether it's even just a day after I just watched crash again last night. So that was my second time watching it. <laughs> and I was still was like, you brought up things. I was like, wait, when was that? And I had to think, so yes, if we could do it right after when it's yeah. fresh in my brain, that would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, thank you again for coming on. Yes. Thank you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.